Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. Today, I am so excited to be sitting down with Emily and Lauren, the two women behind Risen Motherhood. If you haven't heard of Risen Motherhood, you're going to leave this episode wanting to be BFFs with both of them. They have their own podcast called Risen Motherhood. They just released a book literally a few days ago and have an amazing ministry that now I'm so excited to introduce to you. In today's episode, we chat through all the ways we can see the gospel played out in our lives as women. Whether you're a mama, a newlywed, maybe a single woman, young professional, spouse, whatever it looks like for you, we all have ways that Jesus shows himself in our mundane. My hope for this conversation is that it brings to light ways that you can walk out gospel-centered life with full confidence of who you are and who you've been made to be. Here's today's conversation with Emily and Laura. Hey y'all, welcome to Behind the Bliss. Well, thank you for having us. It's so great to be here. Yes. Thanks for um, inviting us to join you and chat today. Oh, absolutely. 100%. So fun fact, Mary Scott and I have been listening to Risen Motherhood for a long time. We are like fangirls, 100%. So it's so cool to have you guys on the show to share a little bit of the wisdom that we get to hear from you guys and look forward to when your episodes come out with our listeners. Oh, that is so fun to hear. I think that's been one of the Isn't neatest funny? part. Yes, <laughs> I just love meeting longtime listeners. It's such a joy and we're so grateful for everyone's support and love and it's it's just been really fun. Oh yeah. Thank you so much. It's so fun. I have a few podcasts I've been listening to for a long time. So I always have to put myself in that mindset of when you have something that you love and you listen to it for a long time, it really is fun to get to meet and connect and have a deeper conversation with those people kind of in person or as in person as you can over the internet. So it's right. just a joy to hear <laughs> that and meet you. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So for those who might not know Risen Motherhood and Laura and Emily, Can you kind of give a little spiel about what you guys do behind your mics and who you are as people? Of course. Yeah, I can get started. My name is Laura and I am a mama to three kiddos and a wife to Mike. We live in central Iowa and I am the executive director of Risen Motherhood. And it's really fun because it started as a podcast, but we are actually now a full-blown nonprofit, which... Yes, you are. I saw that. We're so excited. (laughs) It's really crazy. I mean, it's every once in a while, Emily and I will just look at each other and kind of pinch ourselves and say, did we really become a nonprofit? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) We feel so legit. And so it's, that's really a fun thing to do and to be able to be a part of. And so I work um, pretty much with every member of our team. We have about seven women that work at Risen Motherhood. And we do articles on our website. We push out a couple of those a week. We have a very robust newsletter that we do each month. We have resources on our site, social media platforms, all sorts of things now. And it's really fun because I think I get to kind of have my hands in a little bit of everything. And then of course, like looking with Emily, we've worked together a lot on like that overarching strategy and vision of where's Risen Motherhood headed and and working on the content, co-host of the podcast. So it is fun. It is full and busy, but um, that is just a little bit of a slice, I guess, of my life right now and what I'm working on. 
All right. Well, I am Emily, and a lot of mine is going to sound really similar to Laura <laughs> because I live in central Iowa as well. Um, a fun fact is that I'm actually married to one of Laura's older brothers. So uh, right now, our families just live you know, a few miles apart, which is a really fun, joyful season to be in, which means our kids who are cousins get to play together a lot and just spend a lot of quality time making memories together. So I'm a mom to five children. My oldest is seven and my youngest is two. So we are just in a really busy season with the kids when they are all awake and all playing. It is just kind of all hands on deck at our house right now. Um, I've been married to my husband, Brad, for 10 years this fall. And I think one thing I've been recognizing lately is just how sweet marriage can be and just what um, a blessed partnership it is. So I'm just really, really grateful for him. And I am the content director with Risen Motherhood, um, which is kind of what it sounds like. I work <laughs> with um, all the different types of content that we put out there, everything from kind of conception and strategizing with Laura about what those things are going to be to, you know, editing and um, thinking through how they're going to be presented and just working with all the different contributors that we have across our site and our content. So it's just kind of a an all-encompassing job on that side of things. So it's it's a joy to work with Risen Motherhood, and we just love our mission and our ministry, which is just to reach women with the gospel all over the world, wherever they are at, um, and give them hope just in their very everyday moments. I love that, and we need we need that. I think right now there's such like the hustle movement. We talk about that a lot around here, or like mm-hmm. just going off of motivation. Mm-hmm. I think we forget to pause and ask the Lord like. What does it look like to live out the gospel in my everyday moment, mother or not? So mm-hmm. I am just so thankful for you guys and what you bring to the table. Know that. Um, but now I'm super excited because it's not just a podcast and it's not just online curated content, right? You guys now have right. a book. This is so mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, it's really – it's. <laughs> It's pretty surreal. I mean, I still uh, feel like, did we really do this? But yes, there is a book called Risen Motherhood, Gospel Hope in Everyday Moments that comes out uh, on September 3rd. And it has been maybe a two-year thing in the process, something that we've been working on behind the scenes for a really long time. And it's just been a joy to be able to kind of take a lot of the things that the Lord has taught us over the past few years of writing podcasts. And then of course, the new things that we've learned and to put those into the written word um, has been really, really fun and a great experience. Yeah, it's it's kind of our heart was that it would be both kind of a 101 resource for, hey, what is the gospel? And then how does that apply to my marriage, my relationships, the choices for food I make for my kids, all of the birth and postpartum things that I experience, school choices, all of those kind of really major topics. So we would hope that, you know, a mom who really is new to this can open it up and see some of these thoughts kind of played out in front of her so she can watch and learn and go, oh, I I never thought about it that way. But we also view it as an equipping resource, which is one of our big heartbeats at Risen Motherhood, the ministry that not only would a mom be able to open it up and think through how the gospel applies to, um, like I said, something like her school choices, but that she would learn how the gospel applies to anything and that she would walk away from the book not only knowing the answers that we gave but being able to think that way herself and to learn and to train her own mind to preach the gospel to herself and to 
examine the unique circumstances that God gave her and just live that out right where she's at. So we really do hope it is a blessing to moms. And I've already heard from a lot of non-moms that they're excited to read it because it's that just that pattern that every believer needs uh, to rehearse the good news wherever they're at. Yeah, I was about to say, what is your heart for those that might not be moms? I feel like a lot of our listeners are in so many different stages of life, which we love. So we have like post-grad, we have newlywed, we have anywhere from new moms all the way up to empty nesters. So I feel like, and because yes, this is true, the gospel fits into any part of our life, woman or man, whatever season we are in, in womanhood. So what is your heart for, let's say, maybe the non-mom who reads this and picks it up at the bookstore? What would you want her to take away from from this book as well? Yeah, that's a great question. And we love hearing from women who are not moms yet that pick up the book. Actually, my husband has read the book and he was like, oh, that was really good. You know, I really appreciated a couple (laughs) of things in there. And so, you know, like you said, the gospel is for everyone. And the principles that Emily and I share and that we work from each week, day in and day out on everything we do at Risen Motherhood, they're universal. And so this isn't something that is uh, contained to motherhood or only special for motherhood, but this is something that we need for all of life. And this type of thinking, our hope is that when anyone picks up this book, they will be able to start thinking in this way. And they may not necessarily identify with the examples that we give or some of the scenarios and the stories that we share. But I think there's an undercurrent, a little bit of a deeper level that they will relate and understand like, yeah, I understand there are a lot of hard decisions to make in life, or we all face suffering and hard things and things don't always go as planned. Or I struggle with a heart attitude that goes wayward and wants to worship myself and not worship God. And so those are some of the things, you know, that we cover in the book, because we're talking pretty consistently, we're talking about the deeper heart issues that are going on within a person and their relationship with God and their relationship with others. And so our hope is that anyone who picks up the our hope is that anyone who picks up the book or interacts with any of our content that they would see that this way of thinking is for them too. And that you don't have to be a mom to think like this, but that this can be applied to any situation, any anywhere you're at, any time of life, that these are great ways to think through how the gospel could apply to your own life. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I completely agree. The gospel is for everyone. And I think um, whether you find yourself in a mothering season or not, that um, – the way that Jesus can come through in us and show up in, in the midst of our failures and our shortcomings is, I mean, above all why he is our champion and our savior. So this is beautiful. And we are so excited. We got a um, quick little peek at the book before it hops onto shelves. And so just being able to read through different pieces and parts and different chapters was special for me because I'm not a mother either. Yeah. So what you're saying in your heart for us that aren't mothers is so true that um, I do feel excited and I do feel championed and inspired to, like I said earlier, pause and reflect and ask the Lord, what is it today that you have me do? It might not look like taking care of children at the moment, but I still have other people to love because God loves them too. So mm. mission accomplished, guys. This is awesome. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. So one of the – I want to almost – if you can give a sneak peek of maybe one of the ways that the gospel can fit into womanhood and who we are and who we've been created to be as women. Can you maybe just give one of the pieces of your heart that you feel like was plucked or strung while writing the book that maybe you didn't Mm -hmm. know beforehand? Yeah. I mean, I think that the really neat thing about the gospel is that 
it is simple enough for a toddler to hear, you know, we can read to a little child or a new believer from the word and they can understand some of the most basic and profound truths about what it means to be a sinner and that we can only put our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ for our salvation, for our strength. But then it's also this it it can be complicated and hard and it requires us to think deeply and to meditate and to pursue the Lord. And it doesn't come without wrestling and work at times as well. You know, there are scholars who have done their dissertation on aspects of scripture and still feel confounded by it. And so as I was um, processing through this and writing the book, and I think Laura would experience this as well. I think I was just struck again by that paradox Um, And that as a woman, when we are living our lives and we want to pursue Christ, we want to obey him wherever we're at, that we think about what is simple about this. Well, what's simple is that Christ has saved me and I have the Holy Spirit in me and there's no more condemnation for me so I can obey him and live like Christ wherever I'm at. Simple, right? But then... The, what Then we need to ask ourselves, well, what may be kind of hard or complex about this? Well, the way that that's going to work it out is going to look different, and it may require me to think, and it may require me to ask for counsel and ask for help and tell somebody my specific situation and do a little bit of research and Bible study on that and maybe read a book on it or maybe spend some time in prayer on it, that it's not going to come without wrestling. It's not going to come super easy, super simple, just on a little Google platter for us. And I think as women, we need to hold those two things kind of in tension and know that it's both. And I think a lot of times both makes us uncomfortable. We want it to just be super simple or we're like, okay, let me strive, strive, strive and never get to the answer. Um, So that was just like something I've learned through the process that I think a woman can take wherever she's at, you know, like we said, mother, not a mother, and just know that the gospel is for her. I don't know about you, yeah, that. Yeah, I think um, I would echo every single thing that Emily said. I agree with that tension and learning to live there. Uh, I think one of the major things that, that I was hit with is being okay with being in process. And I think one of my hesitations originally when it came to write this book, we were asked and, and approached to write this book. We didn't seek it out. And I really felt like me? Like, why should I be the one to write this? There are a million really good books out there on motherhood already. And there are a lot of really great books about the gospel and applying it to your daily life. Like why, what could I have to offer that would be different? And I just really appreciated that as I worked through this process, not only was it something that writing this was, um, just worship for me. I found myself crying so many times as I wrote the chapters and um, processing through these topics and just being convicted of sin and finding that I needed to repent of things or just being more in awe of God as like what Emily was saying, I I started to plumb the depths of the gospel and I started to, to dig deeper into it. But I also just found that there is a beauty of being okay with being in process and knowing that God is growing us newer each and every day, but that we won't arrive. And that that's another tension that we probably all need to get comfortable with because so many of us want to say, I just want to know it all. I want to be able to spit out the right answer. 
I want to be able to, um, you know, feel like I can put that behind me. I can put it in my pocket and just pull it out when I need it. But I found that so often I was relearning truths and they were taking on new meaning for me. And I was rediscovering even sin and and painful moments or, or moments that I felt like I thought I had healed from this hard thing. And I was reprocessing those things and God was showing me new things. And um, that for me was like this this is what it means to live on this earth, on a broken earth until I reach heaven's shores. Like this, this is what it is that I am always and continually being made new, rediscovering and discovering new things about God and who he is, which changes the way that I live. And I just, I found myself really loving learning and loving growing and changing and being okay. That the process is is where I'm going to be, you know, until I get to heaven. And um, that also makes me anticipate heaven even more for the day when I can worship God and not deal with sin and not um, have that looming over me, but that I get to be with God himself. And I think it gives a great eternal perspective to the here and now as well. Yeah. Amazing. And that is going exactly back to the whole It doesn't have to take motherhood to understand the gospel in a tangible way, right? Like the fall or the creation, the fall, the redemption, restoration. We can see that even in nature, you know, or taking a closer look at our lives and seeing the ways that um, that can appear in our business or our career or our family without children or in our marriage. And so, yes, I love that, that everything is in process. The end is not near and the end is heaven you know and entering the gates of heaven and knowing that yes like I said earlier mission accomplished that um yeah the goal will not be attained quite yet here on earth yes but that should almost be freeing right so how does the gospel free us as we navigate the multiple um and differing opinions of the ways we should live our lives so whether we're moms that's maybe how we raise our family or how we raise our babies how we feed our families maybe the ways that we worship but how do you see the gospel almost freeing up the differing opinions? Yeah, well, what's interesting is that our culture, um, the world around us, sends us a lot of mixed messages that can feel very trapping to us. I mean, there is a sense in which we are, um, especially in the flesh, we're trapped by our own selfishness, we're trapped by our own sin, but we're also um, kind of a slave to what the world tells us we should be. Um, And on one hand, I think the world says, hey, there's a right way to do motherhood. And your job is to figure it out and execute it perfectly. And there's also this reality that as a mom, we want to love our children. We want to give them the very best. I want to give them the best birth experience, the best, cleanest house, the healthiest food, the most nurturing environment, all those different things. Um, Those are good things to want, but we feel like we have to it's like hunting for treasure, you know, to like look through Google, look through our friends' news feeds, look through all these things and figure out what is the one right way. And I think the world says, hey, there's no price too high to achieve these ends. Um, you need to be well-balanced and modern and do all these things right. And it, it can come at the cost of your marriage. It can come at the cost of all of your time, all of your finances, all of your focus, whatever it costs, you need to live to give your children um, the best. And then the other side, the other message that the world is simultaneously (laughs) telling us is, oh, just give up. Like, there's no way you can do this. This is so overwhelming. What you really need to do is 
focus on yourself, embrace the mess and pursue your own hopes and your own dreams and your own desires. And when we put those two messages together, what we get is like a problem or a life that just is impossible to live. It's yeah. it's just crazy. It is not even logical. Um, and I think when we stop and think about that and we consider these problems, we can say, how do I get freedom from this? Um, we need to look to something that transcends time and culture, that transcends life circumstances, socioeconomic status, role, you know, gender, all these different things. And what is that? It's God's story of redemption, yeah. the story he's been writing throughout history. And that message and anchoring our lives in that is what gives us freedom. Um, maybe Laura will explain how that <laughs> happens since I've been kind of riffing on that. The Picking up from there, you know, the gospel is is such a great place to go for kind of that third message that that culture is not offering and and to get away from these mixed messages. And really the gospel is is just that we can't do it right. We cannot do it perfectly. We are going to fail. And we're going to probably bounce between these two different messages of trying really, really hard and then completely giving up. But what happens is that when Christ came and he died, he, he gave us his righteousness, which actually declares us good enough before the throne of God. And so no longer are we having to bounce around and uh, wallow in our shame or feel guilt because of we're not getting something right. But instead we can trust in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, that before God, we are made good. And now we can approach the throne and come to him and repent and confess and then continue to try because in Christ, we actually have a very steadfast mission, a mission that doesn't change. We know that we are to love God and to love others. And that includes, you know, if we're moms, the children in our homes or our neighbors around us or our colleagues or our husband or all the people around us that God gives us an unchanging mission to focus on. And so then we know that when when we don't know what to do, when we don't know what to do next, we can focus in on loving God in the unique circumstance that he has placed us and loving those around us. And I think that that helps us from bouncing around and feeling like, I don't know what to do next, but instead we can zero in on where God has placed us and live in freedom um, from all of the kind of the chains that culture puts on us and know that really so much of this is about our heart and the motivations and the way that we respond to things. And it's less about Hey, what kind of food did you eat for dinner? Or, you know, was your house perfectly picked up? So much more of it is, are you using those moments for worship and for putting others before yourself and loving God? Yes, that is it. Oh my gosh. I like, can we export this right now and send it to a few of my friends? We need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Here is what's so cool about what I'm hearing you guys say, what I've skimmed a little bit in the book and what I have just gleaned from your episodes on Risen Motherhood podcast is two things about the gospel and how it plays into at least my everyday life. Um, but other people have the invitation for it to do the same. So one is that um, I love in Hebrews when it says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence and boldly so we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And when we pause and we take a second to reflect on the gospel being that God sent his son down on earth to live a life that we would one day to live so that he could almost experience um, pain and turmoil, but then pay for that with his own blood so that we can have a connection with the father is what I think all women, mothers, whatever, I think is what's so helpful for me to know that like Jesus knows 
Jesus understands. Mm -hmm. He sat Mm -hmm. where I am. He's experienced this anxiety or he's experienced this turmoil or he's experienced um, this doubt or whatever it is. It's just peaceful for me to know like how gracious of a God that we have that he would send a son down to earth so he could experience it so that one day we would have that connection and almost the trust Mm -hmm. factor of like, okay, he's He's practicing literally what he preached, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second is what I was hearing you say about freedom and the way that you guys took that direction is the world, I think, has preached at us what freedom is. Like, freedom is making your own choices, and you do you, girl, and mm. you just do whatever you feel, mm-hmm. like, makes you feel best and most empowering. And I'm like, no, freedom is, well, like, I mean, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, not mm-hmm. where, you know, you have the opportunity to do whatever you want to do, despite what it might do to affect you or your people you love. That's not freedom. Mm-hmm. And so understanding mm-hmm. that we have a gift of freedom through Jesus is so amazing. And the freedom is sacrificing and surrendering and laying ourselves down and saying like, your power is made perfect in my weakness. So like, I do have the permission to be weak and to lay down and surrender and be like, Jesus, step in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, please, you are invited into the situation. So I think those two things is what I've kind of gleaned from what you guys have said so far and what you have wrote about in your book and different little pieces that I feel like, yes, yeah, so I can attest that I am no mom, <laughs> maybe one day, Lord willing, but I still, yes, I think that this message applies to all and I hope and pray that other people kind of feel the permission to um, hear this message too because the gospel needs to be a part of our everyday lives or else I think we've kind of missed the point. Mm-hmm. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Another thing that I think is awesome is the fact that this ministry is really centered towards women, obviously, risen by <laughs> um, it can It can be for everybody, but specifically it's for women, which I think today in today's world with all the conversation we have around womanhood is really empowering. So what would you want, let's say, someone roamed over to the aisle in the bookstore where your guys' book is, and they picked it up and they started flipping through, um, what would be your heart for that person? What message would you want them to have at the very end of the day after maybe coming across some of your content? Yeah, I mean, the heart of our message and even the name of Risen Motherhood is, you know, motherhood in light of redemption. And I think you could very easily just say, you know, being a Christian woman who lives in light Mm -hmm. of redemption. And at first that's kind of a mouthful and it can feel like, what in the world does that even mean? (laughs) Living in the light of the redemption. But (laughs) um, living in light of something is just living like it's true. And the reality of redemption is that it secures us and it changes us. So that security part we've already talked about, right? That security means, you know, no matter what happens, I'm throwing all of my eggs in one basket. And that basket is like that Jesus Christ is going to present me righteous before the throne. And now I'm secure and I don't have to. And that's faith. Yeah. And I don't have to keep worrying about that or fretting about that. So I think that's one of the messages we would want somebody to walk away with. But that next part is, um, oh, geez, what did I say? Security and something else. Well, a- anyways, here's where I was going with that. <laughs> Sometimes I, I, I like start a thought and then I'm not sure where I was going with that. But what? Uh, me too. Me what too. I wanted to say was it oh, changes us. It changes us. That's what happens. It changes us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, I love it. I this love is it. this is real life. We, how I process my thoughts. We are professional podcasters. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's happening. Sometimes I'll be in conversation <laughs> with someone, and they're like, "So you have a podcast?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry, yes, I swear I can talk no English." <laughs> I do. I love it. Okay, I am. I've got this. So it changes us. And this is all of those things in the New Testament, or particularly we see it in the epistles where Paul will say, and therefore um, you do this. And so living in light of redemption means that we are turning more and more into the image of Christ, that we want to obey him in whatever situation we're in, and that the Holy Spirit is going to help us. So there's all these really neat lists in the New Testament. I mean, there's everything from the most famous passage about love, right? First Corinthians 13. What does that look like? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious, boastful, rude. Um, and then there we see like the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of those things. Um, In Colossians, there's a list recently I was looking at that talks about, therefore, we need to put off wrath and malice and gossip and deceit and all of those things. We want to put on compassion and kindness and all of these things. And so if we want to know what living in light of redemption looks like, we need to go to the word and we need to be reading and seeing what Jesus lived like and what we are charged to live like as believers. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of information about that in the word. And a lot of that does not focus as much on our individual, really specific nitty gritty circumstances as it does about our heart and our um, our attitude towards God and how we treat him and how we so treat good. others. Or like even in Philippians where it says, um, finally, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. You know, it gives us lists over and yes. over and over again to kind of give us the guidelines or the guidebook to say like, I know, I don't know your specific situation, but I can give you specifics as far as the direction around it or so, kind of like bumpers as far as when you know you're in mm-hmm. and out of line. That's exactly right. So I guess that's one of the things we would hope someone would take away, no matter what season of life that they're in, that they would see God's plan for me is is to live in light of redemption and to walk as Jesus walked. Yeah. And I I would just add to that, that I I also hope, and I, I know I speak on behalf of Emily and I, I think we hope that any person who picks up this book understands that there is such a gift in the fact that she can now approach the Lord of the universe because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the gift that he gave us. And that when she messes up and fails, which she will, she can approach the throne with confidence. And I think that is just such a message of that is countercultural often where we're all trying to be perfect and we all don't want to mess up. And when we do mess up, we either want to hide it or we want to flaunt it. And I think that in Christ, in the gospel, instead we can go to God and we can confess and we can say that we don't have to live with guilt anymore because he has paid for that already and that she can move forward in freedom and to be able to say that I'm going to continue striving after the cross. I want to continue trying as best I can, not because I'm trying to earn my salvation or earn my standing, but it's out of the overflow of the love of what Jesus did for me. And so I know we just hope that when women read this book, that they would say, wow, God loves me so much. The God of the universe who made the seas and the mountains and the whole earth cares for me and loves me. And he cares about my heart and he, he is rooting for me and cheering for me. And I want to give him all of my worship and all of my love and all of my devotion because he deserves it. And 
I think for us, that's just a huge message that women would get a really big view of God, but also know that he's in the details and he cares about those mundane little things that she is going through and that there is nothing too small or too big for him and that she would just give her whole life and just completely sell out for the things of God and, and know that like she is working towards eternity and that there's an unchanging eternal hope that is not going to fail her or leave her or desert her at the last minute, but that even in her suffering and on her hardest days, what culture can't give you, what self-care tips can't give you is <laughs> they, they can't give you an answer for suffering or an answer for hard days. You know, they don't have that answer, but, but the gospel does. And the gospel gives a greater hope and meaning and purpose in every single thing that a woman goes through. So good. Y'all know what this reminds me of? What? Have you read Women of the Word by Jen Wilkins? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Where she just talks through how it can't be about the matters of our heart. It is about the matters of our heart, but it has to be more than that. It has to almost be something of our mind before it's something of our heart because that's, that's, oh man, she phrases it so much more beautifully than I ever could. But she basically talks about how whenever you know, like whenever you can rely on what you know in the spirit, whenever you can understand the word and have your mind wrapped around it, then it's going to be easier for your heart to follow rather than if you're just led by emotions. Mm -hmm. If you don't have first the knowledge of who God is and what he's done for you and the ways that he's shown up before, have testimonies at bat ready to play, then it's going to be hard for your heart to then follow and make decisions that Mm -hmm. is best for you and your family if if you aren't gospel and christ-centered so yes Mm -hmm. and amen this is good this is real good (laughs) (laughs) switching gears a little bit just because i'm super curious um honestly because women of the word is that for me right now but what is something that you guys are loving maybe something you're reading besides your own book because that doesn't count (laughs) (laughs) that you would want to share with the listeners today it can be anything or it should be a book no, girl, it could be anything, a song, book, maybe a recipe, something okay. that you just are like, oh, I have to tell the people. <laughs> okay, I will tell the people about something. <laughs> I love this. I will tell the people tell about people, tell them. Um, a journal that I have been using on and off for years, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe four or five years now. And it's by Well-Watered Women, and it's called the Give Me Jesus Journal. Um, and I've used it kind of in and out of different seasons, especially when I'm not in a formal Bible study at church and I need just a little bit of structure to help me focus on what I'm reading in the word. And um, even just to write down my prayers um, in light of that scripture or to scribble little notes or quotes. Um, And so Gretchen Saffles, the owner of Wellwater Women, is a dear friend of Laura and I's and just an encouragement to us. And she has a lot of really great resources, Mm -hmm. but I am trying to finish up what I've started to call the vintage version of her (laughs) journal, which is like from 2016. So it's not really that vintage. (laughs) But um, I was teasing somebody the other day saying like, it's like an act of discipline for me to finish an old journal because I love starting new journals Mm. and getting like 60% through them and then, you know, starting a new one again. And so I'm just, yes, yeah, it's so fun to like, oh, why don't I just break a new one out of the package? But um, it's just been a joy to use that as a tool so that as I read the word, um, I can record what God is teaching me, write down prayer requests, just random scribbles. And it's something that has been a help to me in my quiet times lately. I love that. What about you, Laura? Um, 
I mean, I was, as you were talking, Emily, I was listening, I promise, but I was also like <laughs> thinking about so many things. And when you first asked this question, Rachel, I thought, oh, I want to tell everyone about bubbly. I've just been really yes. enjoying bubbly. Oh my gosh. But that, that feels so shallow. That's a drink. If you haven't discovered it, this is, <laughs> this is not, this isn't my real one, but if you haven't discovered it, it's so good. It's a little bit sweeter. I like to think than LaCroix and I can't uh-huh. drink LaCroix, but I can drink bubbly. Um, but my real one my real one okay I have to tell my husband yes um my real one I guess I would say there are so many great resources on the market but uh one that I just go back to again and again and again is the valley of vision a collection of puritan prayers and it's a small little book that is almost poetic and it's a bunch of different prayers and I find it very very helpful uh, to go through at the end of my quiet time and just give voice to probably a lot of the things that I feel or have been experiencing. And they're not only beautiful, I just, I love them just for their eloquence, but I also love them for their truthfulness and for the ways that I identify with the ways that um, these prayers are written. And so there's a leather bound version, and then there's kind of a little bit gaudy green version out there. It's a, it's an older book. Um, but you can get it on Amazon and I really enjoy it. Just reading one a day, uh, at the end of my quiet time. So pair that with the give me Jesus journal and Oh, you're reset. Awesome. You're super holy. Yeah, <laughs> just for kidding. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh my goodness. Hey, also, quick question. I'm. I was thinking about this halfway through. I'm glad I remembered it. After you wrote the book, have you guys felt like you almost had to take a quick little hiatus and then step back into Risen Motherhood content, or have you just kind of felt like you just started riding a wave? Have you needed time to rest? <laughs> what did that process look like for you guys? Oh man, good question. It's so interesting because writing the book, like we said earlier, has been such a long process. Um, So we started, you know, thinking about it about two years ago, you go through a whole proposal stage, and then writing the manuscript really took us about eight months. And so it's not you know, it wasn't super intense. I mean, there were moments that it was intense, but overall, it was very much spread out. Um, So I would say, um, it's just been kind of a long study build. And I never ever get tired of the gospel. I think there's always something new to learn. Um, There is always something devotional to kind of think about as I'm processing through things. Um, but there, there's also been moments of rest and moments of intensity that are just kind of built into the process. So like I was saying, there might be a weekend where you go and you write a lot, and then there might be three weeks where I don't write anything or we're maybe not recording anything. And so that's just kind of like the natural ebb and flow of, of life and of ministry. So I don't know, it's been a pretty it's been a pretty okay process. Like, I don't feel like, well, I never want to talk yeah. about mother and the gospel again. No. It's just God's, God provides what you need um, each time. And I think that's something that I've had to learn over and over and over again when I feel like I have nothing else to say about this or I have nothing else to process. Um, I just come before the Lord and say, God, can you teach me? Can you give me words? Can you help me get the message of your gospel to whoever you want it to reach. And he provides over and over and over again. And then I get to look back and go, oh, that really wasn't me. That wasn't my strength and my wisdom and all of the great stuff I stuffed into my brain to spit out. Like, yes, I worked. Yes, I was faithful. But ultimately, it's God who provides and it's God who wants his name to reach Mm -hmm. all of the people around the world. So that's 
I don't know, a lot of answers. Well, (laughs) I I would just add, though, that, I mean, in some ways, I wouldn't say we got tired of it, but Mm -hmm. we are looking for other like creative things to do. And so if you, if anyone does tune into our fall season, you'll hear some different things because we were like, Hey, let's, let's try some different stuff. You know, we had kind of gone through the typical pattern, creation, fall, redemption, consummation, a lot of times. And like Emily said, it, it doesn't, it honestly does not grow old to us. We love thinking that way. It's a very helpful mnemonic device to think that way, but we have changed things up for the fall. So if you tune in, you know, you'll hear some of the the oldies and goodies stuff, but you'll also hear maybe just some new formats and some things that we're trying out because it's always fun to kind of think about new ways to think about the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm so glad you thought about new ways to share the gospel because (laughs) (laughs) we are here because of it. And we're so grateful for your time today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for having us. It has been, it's been a really fun conversation. Yeah, it's so fun. And I just love how you've um, brought in the conversation too to like yeah. women in general, because I think that is even Laura and I's greater yes, heartbeat. Yes. It's not just for moms, like it's all women. And we have connected with so many women in so many different seasons of life and just have Christ in common and see them as sisters and absolutely love that. They're Wonder Women, I tell you. Amazing, incredible women totally sold out for the Lord and sharing his goodness every day throughout their ministry over at Risen Motherhood. I hope you are so encouraged by this episode. I feel like it's so easy to get wrapped up in your mind like, oh my gosh, this gospel idea is such a big deal and I can't understand it or I'm not quite sure how it applies to me in my everyday life. So I hope this episode answered some of those questions for you. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would love for you to head over to iTunes and leave us a review super simple and very quick, but I'm so extremely grateful for all of you that have left a review. It means so much to me. Podcasting is weird. You don't really get comments or likes or follows. At least we don't see those numbers. So reviews really help our team get an idea of what you're loving, how we can best serve and aid you and make sure that Behind the Bliss is uplifting for you in your life. If you haven't heard, we have a new opportunity for you to share your story over here at Behind the Bliss. Yes, we do have podcast episodes, but more than that, now we have content contributors. Content contributors are people that want to share their story, a word of encouragement, or something enlightening that they've been learning recently in their walk with the Lord with our family over here at BTV. These stories are gonna be featured on BehindTheBlissPodcast.com, so there's more than one way now to be encouraged throughout your day. If you want to submit your story or word of encouragement, head over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com to get started. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.